I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are the least efficient fantasy basketball podcast you'll ever hear, but we get the job done. Basketball is back. We are feeling great. Natty, how are you doing? I'm doing so well, man. We actually have numbers to play with. Like It's amazing. No yeah. longer is it just speculation and conjecture. It's facts. Right. Let's not do predictions. Let's just talk about the start of maybe patterns. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. That's a totally different thing. Yeah. Those, are, those are definitely not the same thing. Uh, yeah, with the NBA season just starting, we figured it would make a lot of sense to go over. We're, we're literally through the first week of the NBA. And we know this for a fact because last week's show was recorded on the first day of the NBA. Let's talk some biggest surprises from the first week of the NBA. And I think we have to start, even though he just got injured, of course, as we're starting to get to to record this, but we have to start talking about MVP Trey Young, who has started the season just shooting the absolute lights out. Okay. Trey Young. So they've beaten the Pistons and the Magic, not great scoring teams. And they almost beat Philly, which is very impressive. Uh, he just looks absolutely fantastic. He is not going to maintain any of the numbers he has right now. You mean he's not going to he's not going to keep shooting fifty two percent from downtown, with like half of those being <laughs> shots from the logo? Like, what if he did? What, what if, what the if new we NBA about, is What if we're just like about to watch the greatest, the right? The greatest fucking three point shooting performance of all time, where Trey Young shoots fifty hits fifty percent of his th- shots, and half of them are from the logo. Uh, I would like to say something to that. I don't think it's crazy to say that he might get easier shots from farther away because there isn't a defender in his face. Like if these dudes are strong enough and their stroke is sick enough that they can literally shoot like 40% from the logo or from half court, like in practice, then like why, if you think you have a pretty good open shot, even if you're far away yeah i mean i mean dame lillard did that in the playoffs last year yeah i think these guys are realizing just how strong they really are and it's a little bit analogous to uh launch angle in baseball where like all these baseball guys are like oh shit well i'm really strong and if i just hit it a little bit you know, down and up, then I'll get way more home runs. And it's true. (laughs) Like if you can shoot from fucking 40 feet away, then do it. Yeah. Even though we at the long two highly encourage you not to do that. We encourage you to only shoot roughly between 15 and 18 feet from the basket. But that's the thing. Like if, 
okay, let's assume that this actually does continue to happen. And it's not just Trey, it's other dudes too. Like, that's going to stretch defenses to the point where you sort of have to always play, play full court right. defense. Right. So uh, that's if, if that's the next iteration of the NBA where it's just man on man, no matter where you are on the court, then that's going to change a lot of things. That's going to be exciting. But yeah, so speaking more about Trey Young, he's through three games, averaging 34 points, six rebounds, <laughs> nine assists, and a steal, which is just, those numbers are just preposterous. And like I said, shooting 52% uh, from downtown, which is just out of this world. He's been, I think, the story of the season so far, just in the fact that we've always, you know, we expected him and we expected Luca and we expected, you know, those rookies from last year who who made a name for themselves, Donovan Mitchell, to take a step forward. But I don't think anyone saw Trey Young taking this big of a step where he suddenly is now a one of the best, if not the best, deep shooter in the league and is ch- channeling that Steph Curry, you know, hotness from from downtown and is carrying this team like you said the hawks are were almost sitting at three and oh after beating the the sixers but they just lost that game he's been carrying this young atlanta team that can be really saucy this season so i think i think if you were if we're talking biggest surprises from the nba season so far his his start to the season has to highlight the list for me uh but obviously there are other things to talk about natty what's one of the biggest surprises for you so far this year just one more thing for Trey Young. Mm. If you were going to try to design a team that would hinder him defensively, you'd come up with the 76ers. You know, like right. they're they're huge. Right, right, right. Just athletic. have massive size on the perimeter. Yeah, yeah. And they lost by two. So right. like so. that's a pretty good sign, I think. Like the Hawks might be a, a Hawks might team. Be good. My God. Hawks okay. might be good. Um so hopefully this ankle injury isn't anything bad. Trey Young, if we could, we would donate yeah. our ankles to you. Knock wood for yeah. sure. Yeah. Be healthy. Uh, okay. So I had four things that surprised me and then one of them blew all the rest out of the water. Perfect. And because it's almost Halloween, it's, it's also spooky to me. Ooh, look at you. Yes. Look at you tying you know, in topical, the coming holiday. God damn, this is why you should get paid the big bucks. I mean, oh, I, I get a lot of money. Do you not? Oh, oh shit. Oh, this is yeah. so awkward. I thought I hosted this show, and yet somehow, wow, I need to talk to my manager. I take it back. Anyway, <laughs> I think this this stat is, like, really unsettling. The Lakers are dead last in drives per game, and this is before any of the games occurred on Tuesday night. Uh, they're 29.7 drives per game. You can look these stats up on NBA.com. It's one of their tracking stats. They're pretty cool. Uh, the reason this is so weird to me is that the Suns are the second lowest in drives per game, but they're at 35. Like the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis are driving to the basket six fewer times than the Suns. And not good. I don't but I don't know if that's just a function of like who they played or if that's like on purpose. I mean, I think it's a like a lot of post-ups for AD. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know, man. Well like when you're 
under 30 and everyone else in the league is over 35. I just thought that that was really surprising. And I wondered what your thoughts were. Yeah. I mean, that's, I wonder if that's something though, that will, I think it might be a matchup thing more so than anything like you talked about. And it's still these players getting used to playing with each other and maybe more running sets as opposed to just being like, Hey, we're just going to attack the hoop and see what happens. It might be more of a, you know, let's get AD set up in the post. Let's feed him the ball. Let's, you know, we'll give AD his play and then we'll give LeBron his play and then we'll kind of go back and forth like that as opposed to, I mean, I have to think that, you know, any team with LeBron, since his bread and butter is driving to the hoop, you're going to get that drive rate up. Now, this also can be a credit to the fact that outside of LeBron and AD, like who's their best player? Dwight has been playing really well as a role player, but he's not driving to the hoop. KCP right. is going to be hanging out on the perimeter, just shooting threes when he gets the chance. So like, it could also be that this team never really drives to the hoop because they really only have two guys who can drive to the hoop. And, and that's about it. That's it's just so strange to me <laughs> because those guys, like it's a ton of pick and rolls and it's, I think it's just, yeah, a lot of post-ups and a lot of maybe mid range shots, like after a pick and roll, like, you know what? Uh, you know what this team could use oh, though. Danny Green shooting threes. Right. By the way. Right. You know what this team could use though. And What's it's. That? I wish they had a guy like this on their roster. A guy like Brandon Ingram. Boy, doesn't that transition don't you think, well? Don't don't you think that that would be just a really good player in this Lakers offense? He's pretty good when he's scoring <laughs> twenty-seven points per game, <laughs> nine rebounds per game, four assists, one block. 50% field goal percentage and three plus three pointers made. By the way, there are only 10 guys who are averaging 20 shots per game. Those 10 guys are Luca, Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, Jason Tatum, James Harden, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Trey Young, Dame Lillard, Bradley Beal, and Kyrie is at the top with 26, which is absolutely hysterical. Oh, Kyrie. Like, he's playing like he's one of the premier guys in the NBA. And until Zion comes back, I have absolutely no reason to think that that will change. Uh, I have to I have to let our listeners know that I knew ahead of time that Brandon Ingram was one of Natty's biggest surprises of the start of the season. And so is this wasn't just like a, a trick of a magical coincidence i I perfectly structured that transition and i would like the uh, credit that i deserve for doing that um but you're right many people just turned off the pod i know they're like they're like what wait what that wasn't organic are you kidding this is all scripted what the fuck i'm not listening to this show anymore um yeah no he's been phenomenal for the pelicans and with zion down and has stepped right into that role and it has to make you kind of think and i I haven't there's another guy who's not a surprise but since we're talking about the pelicans i want to quickly touch on him but this has to make you wonder, um, maybe the Lakers don't know how to develop young talent because we saw D'Angelo Russell do nothing there and then go to Brooklyn and suddenly become an all-star. And now we're seeing Brandon Ingram, who kind of toiled away in L.A. for a while now, go to New Orleans and all of a sudden, and you can't say it's like, well, now he's been given the opportunity. He had plenty of opportunity last year when LeBron was injured to do all of the exact same things, but now he's seemingly somehow without the pressure of L.A. on him, he's, he's 
everything's coming together and maybe it just takes time. Like it does take time for these people. They come into the, we talked about this on the show before they come into the league at 20 years old, 19 years old, they're kids. And they're like still figuring out how their body works, especially a guy like Brandon Ingram. But no, it's great to see him, everything click for him. And I love watching him play because I think he, he's the closest thing. And I, I'm not at all comparing. I'm purely comparing body types. He's the closest thing we'll ever see to Kevin Durant again. Where he's just like this string bean, and you're like, how are you like this athletic and this able to throw guys around with the fact that you weigh what looks like a hundred pounds? Yeah, he. I read something that said that he weighs less than like Steve Nash did. <laughs> just, just it's preposterous. But here's the thing about Brandon Ingram, and to your point about the Lakers, the Lakers have not had a coach or a front office focused on development of young players since, I don't know, before I was born. Yeah. Like before Kareem, there's like, they haven't gone to the playoffs because reasons X, Y, and Z, and they begin with Kobe and then end with mismanagement and like hoping for LeBron and more. And who knows how many years out that actually was real. Like there's, there's never been a time in recent history where the Lakers weren't trying to be a team that could attract veterans and you, they think, I think in my humble opinion that you need veteran coaches to do that. And dudes that just like, don't develop young, like who's the best young talent like D'Antoni ever. Right. Like they, it just doesn't seem like they focus on that too much because they're always trying to get free agents and they're always trying to trade for a star yeah. and that's totally cool that's their mo like that's a lot of teams mo's um they're much better at it than the fucking knicks are <laughs> <laughs> um but so i just i think that's sort of a function of a plan sort of even though i don't agree with it uh it, I, I don't think they care that much about young players def- i mean they say right 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 but it's clearly not play. a priority for them yeah, because they're hoping to trade them for guys like right. Anthony Davis, and I guess that sort of worked out. But like on fake teams, we've talked about Brandon for a while. Like ever since he came into the league, we just like you said, he looks like Kevin Durant. You know, he and it's not just because of uh, his body type; it's because of his stroke, mm-hmm. and it's not as good as KD. Like he doesn't look anything like KD when you get down into the numbers. But that's just right now. He's taking so many shots on the goddamn Pelicans. Like, it's his team right now. It's especially because Drew Holiday hasn't been playing well. Yeah, Uh, that's what I was going to say is that he's he's been a surprise for me. Not one of my biggest, but but he's on my fantasy team. And the fact that he's shooting 11% from downtown has not been great. Yeah. uh, But you also know that that will improve. So, um you know, if you're in another league where someone's like, this guy sucks, then obviously trade whatever you can for him. I, you know, I've thought that he looks like a player that could develop into an MVP. Some of that will depend on his defense. But the fact that Zion is out means that Brandon Ingram is the best player on this team until Drew Holiday gets out of this slump. Yeah. Uh, another, my second big surprise from the first first week of basketball is that the Suns are good. 
<laughs> which is not anyone thought anything anyone thought they would be saying. They're two and two, but it's been a tough two and two. They dismantled the Kings to start the season, who are already back to being a dumpster fire after flirting with <laughs> NBA relevance last year. Injuries. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what they'll say. Uh, lost to the Nuggets by one in overtime, beat the Clippers yeah. by eight, and then lost to the Jazz on Monday night uh, by one. And and they play the Warriors on Wednesday. And and spoiler alert, the Warriors are one of my other biggest surprises from the from the first week. But you'd almost have to consider them favorites going against the Warriors, just how bad. The, oh, my God. They looked <laughs> real not good. And the Suns have looked real good. Oh Booker is Booker. Kelly Oubre has been off to a hot start for both the Suns and my yeah, fantasy team. Trying and, on defense. And somehow yeah. the Kaminsky and Sarge front court has actually been working with, with – uh, DeAndre Ayton being suspended. This team is fun. I'm here for it. I'm here for the Phoenix Suns to like work their way out of the shithole and now become like an actual team that's not going to make the playoffs, but are frisky and like are there to make a game out of any game they play in. I am so skeptical. (laughs) I really don't believe this at all. Like, okay, so they beat the Kings, who, as you said, are Garbaggio. They beat the Clippers after the Clippers beat the Lakers and the Warriors. And like, maybe there's a little bit of a come down. Uh, they lost to Denver by what? Like, that was a good game. That was absolutely a cool game. Uh, and then Utah, they sort of played a Utah game where, you know, you don't score 100 points. And it's it's not that it's boring. It's just that it's. So you talk taking a while. <laughs> like, That's fine. I just think, I think that the influence, the influx of veterans like this is, I think that the Suns are a great example. And yes, I'm not, th- I don't think, like I said, they're not a playoff team all of a sudden. And maybe they'll still only win whatever. I mean, what 20 games, you know, but, but the influx of veterans meshed with this young core, like you're starting to see some things there. The things are trending in the right direction, which is a huge step for Phoenix. I agree with that completely. I think Rubio is primed to have an incredible fantasy year. Yes. Ricky um, Rubio, 82% owned last time I checked in ESPN leagues. Yeah. He is already top five in steals and assists. So yeah, he's going to end the year in the 90s for sure. Yeah. Um, he's still young, and I like Ubre a lot. Like the team fits more than it has in a while. It sucks that Aiton is out. And <laughs> I mean, for a diuret, whatever. Uh, I don't believe in Frank the Tank, really. Uh, Dario Saric is an interesting player. Like, if he establishes himself in this offense, he could stick. And that's a guy that you might want to look at on waivers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Booker is an exceptional talent, and he now has a, a real point guard. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to be the guy worried about distributing the ball and making sure that the rest of the team is functioning well. Uh, he gets to be the star. And I do think that it's good for proto stars to have that kind of experience for a year, like Victor Oladipo mm. in Orlando. Mm. He had to be the point guard for a year before he got traded. And it was like that. And then he had to work off the ball with Russell Westbrook. And then he was a star in Indiana. I, yeah, do I totally think forgot that, that Victor Oladipo started in, in Orlando. Right. Yeah, it's crazy that a guy that good is on his third team. Right. He's not even 27. Like, that's, Jesus. yeah, that's nuts. But anyway, like, all experience is good experience. And Devin Booker has had a bunch of experience playing without a good center and mm-hmm. without a good point guard. And now he has both as soon as Aiton gets back. 
And if he also has a couple of wings around him that aren't, you know, complete dumpsters, then I, I mean, shit, like he, I think he, Rubio and Aiden, when he comes back are just going to be exceptional this year, but I do not believe in the Phoenix Suns record, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's super fair. No, yeah, no, that all makes sense. Uh, what's another big surprise for you coming out of week one? Okay, Minnesota, it has to be said. <laughs> this man's Timberwolves are 3-0. and Again, this is before the, oh, well, only a couple of games are happening Tuesday night. Anyway, yeah. uh, they're 3-0. and They have a plus 10 point differential, which is pretty fucking good. Uh, Big Cat is averaging 32-13-5 with five three-pointers made, three steals per game, and two blocks per game. Carl Anthony Towns has just decided to be the fucking MVP and hold on to it for the rest of for the entire year. My man, what if he does? I don't what see why he couldn't. Minnesota is a playoff game. This What's going to happen? This is literally the shit that we've been saying about Minnesota, where it's just like, hey, Cat, this is your team. Do it. And let's have the offense, like, make Cat be the focal point of the offense. I'm glad Jimmy Butler fought his way out of there. And now suddenly Cat's yeah. making Andrew Wiggins a productive player. Like, give me all of this Minnesota's team. Give me all of it. So, red flag on the coaching. You can't, like, w- let Wiggins take that many shots late in the game. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Wiggins is averaging 20 and 6, 43 field goal percentage. Yuck. But it's, you know, it's Wiggins. And if he's doing that all year, then he's going to be a productive player. If you can buy him cheap from somebody, you might want to look into it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they've beaten the Heat without Jimmy Butler. They've beaten the Hornets, and they've beaten the Nets. That's not the best resume I've ever seen in my life. Um, and... This might be more a function of Big Cat being the best player on the court for all three of these games for their record. But Minnesota looks like when you have a player who's going to be on the MVP ballot, that means that you probably should be at least a playoff team. Maybe Minnesota's a playoff team, which would be one of the most surprising things of this season, even though Cat is you know, grown enough where it should be a reality every year going forward. Yeah, no. And I, I think you might be right. Like, I think that my hype about Minnesota is less to do with their, their record. And the fact that, you know, that they maybe are a playoff team. It's more of the fact that we are now fine. Like, I believe that we are going to see cat at his full powers this year. And that could be like, now it's, it's suddenly becoming a much more exciting MVP race. And I know we're only a week into the season, but you know, it's what I'm all for giving me someone other than Harden or Giannis to be in the, you know, in the battle for, for most valuable player this year of the NBA. And I think cat is a hundred percent already thrown his hair. I mean, Trey Young's thrown his hat in the ring too, but like cat, Cat can be that just everything player for both, you know, your fantasy team, but for the Wolves. And they're finally seemingly giving him that opportunity to be like, hey, you want to facilitate? Facilitate. Hey, you want to be a spot-up three-point shooter and shoot five threes a game? Do that too. He is averaging 32 points per game. He is 23 years old. Trey Young is 21 and is averaging 34 points per game. And Kyrie Irving is 27, averaging 
Uh, those guys are good. Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> is also seven feet tall. Oh my god, it's so sexy. Uh, yeah, I like the fact that he's had to go through such a sad career so far. Kind of, in a way, instills me with hope because he's just going to be like, you know what, fuck this. I'm better than all of it. Right. I am absolutely one of the most dominant forces in the NBA right now, and maybe this is that year. Oh, God, please let it be so. Um, you know who's not been good this season, and I touched on him when I was talking about the Suns, but I got to hit on him again. The Warriors, man. Lost big to the Clippers, were ran off the court by the Thunder. I guess, like, no one else has done anything outside of Steph. He's only shooting 26% from three. He's averaging 24 a game. Russell you and Drake, shut your mouth. Glenn Robinson, the third at nine rebounds the other night. How sorry. dare you go? My, blue. Apo- my apologies. <laughs> Russ and Draymond are haven't, you know, they've been fine, but I just think, I think what's it's, this is hitting everyone. And it's showing us that I think we were a little too casual with a, what Clay Thompson does for this team because they are sorely missing him both on the defense and offense, but B, also in our trust in Steph and Draymond. And, and now I'm, we, last week we did our, our way too early playoff predictions. And now I'm feeling like mm, maybe I should have had the Warriors not making the playoffs. Cause I, unless things change and yes, we're only a weekend. We're, we're overreacting to the first week. People welcome to the party. The Warriors are not looking like a playoff team right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not that it's a small sample. It's that it's the only sample it's, we This have. is all we're working with. So <laughs> if we're taking what we've seen and we're projecting it across an 82-game season, Warriors right. aren't making the playoffs. Um, D-A-R, or, sorry, I live in Brooklyn. D'Angelo Russell, uh, <laughs> his defense compared to Clay's is like a match to a son. <laughs> you know, it's just like, also, he's on a new team. And oh, sure, yeah. There's, you know, the team is basically decimated. The The way I feel about the Warriors is, uh, so they won their last game by going small. Mm-hmm. Did they go small because they had to or because they had to? And what I mean by that is, did they go small because they thought they could win Right. with the new NBA small ball or because all of their fucking centers are injured. <laughs> well, and like, not really that good. I, this is what we're talking about when we talk about small sample size. The Warriors don't have a center right now, really, that is fully healthy and that can actually help them win. So, of course, you put Draymond at center because he can do that. And while that does open things up for their shooters it's like they beat new orleans you know new orleans even though we love them and we love brandon ingram and we hope the pelicans are a playoff team they're oh and four right (laughs) like we didn't mention that when we were talking about brandon ingram they (laughs) they haven't fucking won yet guys you know like but just imagine what brandon ingram will do when they win yeah he's such an mvp aside from actually winning games aside from actually you know being the most valuable player yeah so the Warriors lost to the Clippers, big fucking deal. Like they, the Clippers look right. like gold. That, that's going to be that's going to be a normal occurrence for most yeah. teams in the NBA yeah. this season. They were crushed by Oklahoma City, but I think that was a bad matchup. Like Danilo Gallinari and Dennis Schroeder absolutely killed them, and I think that's because they don't have a 
big dude that can guard like power forwards that can stretch the court like Danilo. Danilo is 6'10", I think. And, uh, you know, Schroeder, like who's on the Warriors bench? The bench is playing. So, or is starting rather. And then they beat New Orleans, which is a team that they should beat. Uh, I... I still think they're a playoff team. I still think they're really good. I think they have a bunch of dudes that weren't there last year. And so they're going to have to figure out how to move. And Draymond, you know, is saying Draymond things like we're really shitty. But I sort of feel like no shit, man. Like who who was here last year? Like raise your hand. Who knows right, how to right. play in the Warriors system? It's Steph and Dre. I mean, I love GR3, but like he just fucking got here. So I, I I still believe in the Warriors. I just think this was a rough start. Yeah, that's that's entirely fair. It's just I'm not sure unless they drastically either they drastically address their center or big man issue, or one of their big men gets healthy and is is suddenly productive and can help, which is not something we've seen in the past. Um, I just think that th- there are seemingly flaws on this roster that teams will and good teams can and will exploit and there are so many good teams in the west that can and will exploit them is are there really you know 17 like are are the warriors really going to be the best of seven teams in this division in the conference Uh, i mean one of the problems with playing draymond at center a lot means that you can't actually space the floor the way that you want to because now like you, you want Draymond to try to develop his outside shot this season because it was bad last season. So like, let's get him confidence. Let's get him reps. Yep. Uh, I think I really like Willie Cauley Stein and it sucks that he's injured. I do too. I yeah, man. I forget like, that he's he on the good. Warriors. He was just like sort of blocked in Sacramento. Yeah. But I, I, I like him a lot. I thought that was such a savvy move by Golden State. Um, so hopefully he comes back soon. And if you have a young athletic center who can run the court, that really opens up sure, the sure. game for everybody else. And the Warriors don't have that right now. All right. Before we go on, we're going to take a quick ad break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, all right, what's another thing that's caught you by surprise to start the season? Dude. <laughs> Dude. Gilgis Alexander, <laughs> comma Shea, Dude. is he's he's so good. I can't believe how many minutes he's playing. I so before the season started, we give me, thought give that me some SGA, numbers, Natty. Give me the numbers. You you know I got him, man. Number yeah. one in minutes per game on Oklahoma City so far yes. this way. Number one. 
I thought he was going to be a backup guard. Like I thought get he was out of be your CP three. He's also number one in field goal attempts on the <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder, which is absolutely fucking nuts. And by the way, he's also number one in free throw attempts. So here's his line: twenty three plus points per game, one plus block per game so far. Six rebounds, three assists, two three pointers made. He's six five. He's 21 years old. He's currently number 19 on ESPN's player Raider. This motherfucker is so good at basketball. <laughs> and I can't believe the, th- oh God, the thunder of Jeremy Grant, Pete, just save me. Just, I, just, just, I can't I know. do this. I know here. I'll, I'll come in for you. I'll, I'll come okay. in and give my two cents. Yeah, no, he's been, he's been, a, and the thing is, is what, what's beautiful about this is this is a wonderful harmony of expectations meeting reality right? Everyone yeah. said this. No one did not say this in that if you knew basketball, everyone was like, Shea Gilders Alexander is going to go into Oakland and is going to win every single one of those fans' hearts and become the centerpiece of that team because that is just how talented he is. Like that, this is, everyone knew this. And it's great to see that expectation be immediately met within the first week of basketball where the team also yeah. the team it's not only that that he's playing to that level it's the team also is like yeah this is our fucking guy like this is this is the centerpiece that we have to replace Russell Westbrook we are going to give him the minutes we are going to give him the opportunity he is our focal point like so half of the NBA roster like you can totally see a team being like Chris Chris Paul is an old all-star veteran, and we're going to give him the minutes he deserves, and we are going to make him the starting point guard. We're going to give him the, the respect that he deserves, and Shea Gilders Alexander is just going to have to wait his turn, and this is how the team works. Like, you can see that. So many teams would make that mistake, and so it's great to see a team like this be just like, no, 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 no. This is the guy. This is the only real asset we have that's going to lead this team down in its future. We are going to give him all the opportunity that he needs to, to thrive and to succeed and to learn and to be that player. We just talked about this with Devin Booker, where it's like, give them all of the, you know, the touches they need. They'll learn what works for them, what doesn't. And then you can start building a team around them and figuring out what holes do we need to fill. So I've, not only has he just been phenomenal for anyone who's had him in fantasy to start the season, but he's also just been the expectations that everyone's had for him. He's meeting, and that's just wonderful to see. Well, I would like to say that that was a very good impression that you did. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Of me, because <laughs> I didn't fucking think he was going to be doing this. And I was like, yo, it's CP3, it's Danilo, and it's Steven Adams, and everybody else can go fuck themselves. This dude's only 21 <laughs> years old. I, he's the biggest surprise to me, I think. He's so goddamn fucking good at basketball. And... I th- I think he's I mean they're one and three right now, uh, the Thunder are, but they have looked better than I think a lot of people thought they would, and if they begin to gel, then the Thunder are really go- going to have some pretty weird decisions to have to make. Like, it's tough to trade Chris Paul just because of the money, right? And it's tough to trade Stephen Adams because who needs a center and can afford him. Um, what could you get for SGA? Oh my God, you could get a lot, right? But right. they already have so much. See, I I would hope that they don't go that direction. Mm, they but, do, but it's like if if you know that you can't trade Chris Paul, sure, and you can't trade Stephen Adams, 
then I think that extends your window and you're sort of thinking like, okay, well, maybe next year we really tank. And, uh, you know, what? I have no idea what you could get for Gilgis Alexander, but I think it would be a lot. Yeah, and especially if you put them on full display. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. The Thunder have a lot of uh, decisions to make this year because also if they keep him uh, – are they going to be buyers at the trade mm-hmm. deadline? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they're going to be that good, who knows? Yeah, that'll be a fun team to watch. Uh, a player, my, my final surprise for the first week of basketball is another guy who meshes with this expectations meeting reality. And it's not everyone's expectations. It's my expectations because I have been, let me just pat myself on the back here for a second. <laughs> I have been on the Kristaps Porzingis trade for the beginning of this podcast. And you know what, Natty, he looks fucking great to start this year. He looks excellent from missing all of last year. He's 31 minutes, 26.3 points, 5.7 boards, 3.3 assists, three stocks and shooting 41% from three. I would think that they would have given him a minute cap to ease him back, but they haven't. He's literally averaging exactly the same career minutes. He's averaged in New York, 31 minutes. The Mavs and the NBA are just a better place with a healthy Chris Stapps. And I am so excited that he is he that everything all of these expectations that I and I'll speak only for myself put upon him this year of being <laughs> him being healthy him returning to greatness him being part of this offense and making Luca and both of them and all the players around him better that that is happening through this first week of basketball and I think many people are this will cut, catch them off guard that this that Kristaps coming back from this injury missing a full year of basketball getting traded to a new team reacclimating getting back to the sport rehabbing all of this that he has come out this season and has looked just as good and has shown no ill effect to what has happened to him and just looked just as good as he was in New York. He wasn't going to let you down, man. He was not. And I love him for it. I love you for it. Chris (laughs) Stapps. You my boy. I love it. Dude, he was out for like 18 months, I think. And I I mean, he played, I think only like 40 games in that season that he tore his ACL. Yeah. And I, more teams are going to look at how good he looks and they're like, Oh, well, because there was talk last season that he could have come back in the uh, last couple of months of the NBA season. The Mavericks are like, no, 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 we're Mm -hmm. cool. We would prefer to have a nice draft pick. And like, you just sit out, like we don't care about this year. Um, So timelines may start changing more towards like the football and baseball timelines of like 18 months to two years. Yeah. But anyway, Kristaps right now, 33rd on the player rater for ESPN. I assume that is going to improve. Uh, he's averaging three three-pointers a game. As you said, 26 points a game. His uh, boards will come blocks. up too. Yeah, like he's what Brooke Lopez wishes he was. Oh. You know, like it's... And that's high praise coming from you. Hey, because even though fuck the Bucks, uh, (laughs) Brolo is one of my favorite players because he reinvented himself. He's like an older pitcher who figured out how to pitch slow and pitch contact. And I just really appreciate that kind of dedication and education Mm -hmm. because you turn into a completely different dude. Oh, yeah. Like. Brooke Lopez used to be a post-up guy. And now I, is like the silkiest three-point jump shot. Yeah. <laughs> Where did it's this like, come oh, from? Oh, the paint is for peasants. I don't <laughs> go there. Yeah, that's... This I only go there to block shots. 
Yeah, I'm a finesse guy. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Thanks, Rolo. Yeah, that's my brother. Um, so I also I love that both Lopez's are there. Um, oh, it's so wonderful. Kristaps, I'm with you that I thought that there would be a tougher minute cap, and I wonder if that might start to actually be a reality because like yeah you want people to be excited and him to get into a rhythm but you also don't want him to get injured right so uh, you know like maybe like 27 minutes a game would be more appropriate something like that you know like uh also maxi kleber is there like there's other dudes right that you would like to get minutes the Mavs look pretty good. I feel like they're two trades away from being really good. Um, right now, they're two and one. They have a plus four point differential, which is who cares. Uh, but they're, I mean, Luca and Kristaps look like a duo oh. that reminds me <laughs> of. So good together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like LeBron and Wade. It's just like, that's fucking crazy. I can't believe you have two dudes this, that are this different and are playing together uh, it's just and that young and that young that's the scary thing that's what's terrifying yeah. that's that's yeah. what every other team in the nba should be looking at the mavericks right now being like fuck we had an opportunity to get chris Stapps for pennies for absolute pennies because james dolan doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and because he was just <laughs> like well chris Stapps said he didn't want to be here so we're trading him in 18 hours or however that trade would like and he goes to this. They got team. cap space. What do you mean, dude? <laughs> <laughs> they signed all those free agents, man. This is how mm-hmm. you build a winning team. Um, You're goddamn right. The water buffalo knows what it's doing. Okay. And now, and now the Mavericks have two of the top fifteen young players in the NBA, and and the whole league should be terrified. Dude, I mean. How many players would you take over Luca? You know, not it's, many. It's pretty tough. And if Kristaps is totally healthy, then how many players would you take over him? Not many. Dude, seven three. <laughs> Dude, it's oh god. Yeah, oh. Uh, and this is so. The Mavericks have a great uh, base. Their floor is very high. The problem with this team is that you're going to have to fill it out with dudes that can actually defend. And I don't think they're there yet, but I would like to say this. Rick Carlisle is the best coach that Kristaps has ever had. And Luca is the best teammate that Kristaps has ever had with all due respect to every other teammate that Kristaps Porzingis has ever had. But, you know, this is a chance for him to really shine. Like he has the best foundation he's ever had. So if you're totally healthy and you're in an optimum position, then hell yeah, man. Like maybe you're a top 10 player this year. Right. Yeah. Uh, what's the final thing that you've been most surprised about in the start of the season? It is the San Antonio Spurs. They are seventh in points per game this year. For context, the Rockets are eighth they are tied with indiana the spurs are tied with indiana for the fewest three pointers made per game it's eight per game and they have the second fewest attempted three pointers per game they're 17th in three point percentage 
Celtics, and they're still seventh in points per game. Like everything I just said is totally <laughs> mediocre, if not bad, and they're still top ten in points per game. So there's a couple different. Uh, the first two are Demar Dechosen and Lamarcus Aldridge are just both scoring twenty points per game over it, and they're you know doing it without shooting from outside. They're just doing it casually. <laughs> they're just like, you know what? Whatever. We'll just score 20 tonight. It's no biggie. Yeah. Like last year, the Spurs were 18th in points per game. And they were also 22nd in pace, which is the amount of possessions you have per game on average. This year, they're eighth in pace. They are playing differently. And one of the reasons they're playing differently is because they have a dude named Bryn Forbes who sure, is who sounds like a made-up character i mean like he is seven plus three-point attempts per game that's top 20 other dudes in the top 20 ingram Kristaps, and jj reddick Bryn forbes is top 10 in three-point percentage as well and he's basically their starting shooting guard on a team that has also had manu ginobili like this team knows how to grow guards he is part of a foundation along with DeJounte Murray and Derek White who are doing like their wingspans crazy. They look crazy potentially defensively. Um, Derek White has some really strangely good numbers right now. He's shooting 65.2% from the field on 7.7 field goal attempts what? per game. Yeah, he's what a point team? guard. He's 6'5". Right. Here's the thing. Like the Spurs, we always say that they know how to win. And like, that's the reason why at the end of every season, we're like, oh yeah, well, of course they made the postseason because the Spurs just know how to win. This is what they do though. They find guys that know how to play efficiently, no matter how they do it. So DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge are not out. They're not new NBA players. They are not three and D guys. Like they take mid-range shots, and they drive to the bucket. And the Spurs were like, okay, well, we have you. We are going to use that to our advantage. Everybody else on the team should be a shooter. And they've really done that. They've done it without making a bunch of trades. They've done it without making a bunch of free agent signings. Mm -hmm. They've done it just with development. Like DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Bryn Forrest. Yeah. No, it's like, they, they, this is this has long been the Spurs MO, and that's why the Lamarcus Aldridge signing was such a big surprise because they've always yeah. been a, an internal like we are just going to draft extremely well and develop players extremely well, and that we're going to keep those guys and we're going to win championships. And obviously, Kwai was an uh, exception just because of the whole injury thing and that whole weird relationship, how that threw a wrench at things. But like it's not surprising that they are finding homegrown talent, but I agree with you. What's surprising is the fact that in this, what's often considered an annotated uh, offensive structure, right? The shooting, the long two, the, the trying to go for two rather than the more efficient three, that this offense has started the season as the seventh highest scoring team in basketball. Dude. And just think about if they still had Davis Bertans, who is oh. one of my waiver wire He's... pickups of the week, by the way. So they got rid of Davis Bertans last year. He he was one of Pop's favorite players, apparently. They got rid of him. They traded him because they were trying to make room for Marcus Morris. Mm. And then Marcus Morris 
infamously spurned them and decided to sign with Spurs the New York Knicks instead. Them, yeah, them. I know. I was, yep. Which See, is also like Marcus Morris. What you doing? Yeah. What you doing? Why are you going to a team that has <laughs> 300 power forwards? Because you're like, oh yeah, this is this is it. I'm going to be the 15th power forward in the rotation. Fuck yeah. Dude, they must have told him like, we'll give you minutes. Like maybe you're a trade asset, but like you're going to get touches. Because like, why else would you do that? Right. There's no but, other way. Reason. Sure. So, like, Pop's still pissed about that. I would be, too, because if he, if Marcus Morris hadn't said that, Davis Bertans would still be on right. the Spurs, and they'd have another three-point shooter who, by the way, is 6'10". Which and is- he is currently on the Wizards. He's taking six-plus three-point attempts per game. He's making 50% of them. <laughs> 50%. He is 2.5% owned, okay? Perfect like, segue. Go, keep talking. We're gonna. Yeah. Th- th- it's time to talk some fantasy ads since this is a fantasy podcast, fantasy basketball podcast. We figured we'd throw in at least a couple guys who you should be monitoring or even adding off the waiver wire. Natty, you are already in the midst of one, which is questionable leadership and hosting by myself interrupting you to introduce the segment. But anyways, ignore it. Keep going. I mean, I'm sorry to get so passionate about this, but like you and I know about David, like we liked him a lot. You get you get very passionate about when when you feel like the general fantasy basketball like uh, cognoscenti isn't being appreciative of the players that they should. Dude, it felt like every time I was watching a Spurs game last year, he was just sinking threes. And And then everyone got excited about about uh, Joe Harris, and you're like, no, Joe Harris is great. But right, but you're ignoring Davis Bertans. Yeah, and I live in Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn Joe, but fuck him, man. Yo, <laughs> Davis Bertans, dude. Like, let's talk about a guy that stretches the floor for a team that doesn't believe in stretching the floor because they have mid range. Oh god, the Spurs are incredible. It sucks they didn't keep him. Anyway, there's absolutely nobody on Washington really, aside from Bradley Beal. Like, I just. I don't really believe in anybody else. Thomas Bryant, sure, whatever, who cares? But Bertans, if he actually is a sharpshooter, he's going to make the whole rest of the team better. And everybody on Washington is shooting pretty poorly right now, aside from him. Uh, I think his shots are going to go up. He's sixth in field goal attempts on DC right now, but he's shooting 50% from deep, so that will go up. Uh, he and Bradley Beal seem to be a match made in heaven to me. Uh, two efficient players on a team where who cares what happens outside of those two and Ri Hachimura. So opportunity, youth, and availability. What what are you going to ask me? Who I like? Oh, sorry. Yes, absolutely. I'm so passionate and selfish. I apro- I really apologize. You All should. I can think about is power forwards shooting threes. Okay, who do you want to add? Uh, so I will speak from experience here because I just added him. In fact, I dropped DeAndre Jordan for him. Tristan Thompson, somehow my team is just the wow. Cleveland Cavaliers. Tristan Thompson has started the season double-digit rebounds and points uh, and gives you yeah. a few blocks here and there. And as long as he stays healthy... Who else on this Cavs, you know, offense is going to give you? I mean, K Love is there and is going to get his time, but we know what Tristan Thompson gives you. He gives you boards and he gives you points. And if you're a team like me that was lacking in that, 
primarily mm. because DeAndre Jordan was not doing that much for me on his 23 <laughs> minutes a game. Adding um, points and boards is not a good start to a fantasy basketball season. <laughs> I'd just like to point that out. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, well, it's 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 points and boards. Mainly, actually, what it is, is it's center designations. I just have yeah. Rudy, and I need other centers to play when Rudy is not in. Um, yeah, because I was going to say, I know he's on your team, and your team's really good. So Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Right on. Um, so, you know, anyways. Ed Harris on your team for rebounds, speaking of which? Joe Harris. Yeah. Oh, Ed Harris. Oh no, 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 no. Let's look at, let's look at old Ed. Is he available in my league? Ed Harris. Um, but anyway, so I just added Tristan Thompson today because he's been averaging a double, double to start the season. And I was like, I'm sick of you, Deandre Jordan, giving me nothing. And I am now somehow invested in the Cavaliers front court with Tristan Thompson and Larry Nance jr. On my team. But I do think that that's fun. Like fantasy basketball is supposed to be fun. And I do think that the Cavs have a bunch of young players who are going to be fun. And that team could be fun. Yeah. Uh, You know, like if Darius Garland and Colin Sexton figure out how to run together, then that team is going to be super cool, man. And that will make everything else way cooler. Like we've talked about how they don't really have wings, but they do have bigs. And Larry Nance is super cool. Tristan Thompson, a couple of years ago when LeBron was on the team was absolutely awesome looking. He was great last year too. He just, he just was dealing with injuries all year, but yeah, no, no. And that's the thing too, is that like, we, we both like this vibe of getting players on teams that people just, especially veterans, veterans on teams that people feel like are rebuilding and only have youth. Sure. It's like, those are the, those are great guys to go get because they will get the minutes. They will get the production because they know what they're doing. And because their team is perpetually bad or like fighting to keep themselves in games, they have chances to get a lot of usage and a lot of work. And because they're a younger team, there tends to be, they, the pace is quicker. Um, and so I, I very much like investing, not your entire roster, obviously, but having the occasional like veteran on a young rebuilding team gets you gets you a little more usage than maybe the veteran on like a stable edge fringe contender team absolutely because like three months into the fantasy season when in real life everyone's talking about that player getting traded to a contender then their ownership will go up right so uh those are the exact sort of players that you invest in so that you're hoping for an optimal season and then a trade to get an asset. Yep. Do you have any, anyone else who you people should be targeting off waivers? I, I have to mention this when I was watching my beloved Pistons play the Indiana Pacers, the only team that they've beaten in the NBA season so far, <laughs> they've beaten them twice, but they've lost everybody else. <laughs> uh, TJ Warren had five steals against the Pistons the other night. And that, made me look at his numbers um he see he also seemed to be like the go-to scorer by default later in the game he averaged 18 and 4 last year when he was playing for phoenix tj warren was sneaky good last year i had him on my team for a hot sec and yeah no i like that call a lot uh 18 and 4 was the same as boyan bogdanovich last year only 41 players in the nba did that and last year, Boyan was top 60 in ESPN Basic. Now, uh, TJ Warren missed like 
maybe half the season. Like he's yeah, he, he played, hasn't played a full season. He's had some injuries and has yeah. been sitting out. But Boyan Bogdanovich right now is playing on Utah, and there are other better players on that team than him. The reason he got so much usage last year in Indiana or on Indianapolis was because Victor Oladipo went out, and then all of a sudden Boyan was the go-to scorer. So right now, Boyan is 83.5% owned. TJ Warren, with similar numbers, is 34% owned. Like TJ Warren last year, 42% from three. And this he gives he gave you three stocks. This year he's already giving you three stocks. Dude, he's first in field goal attempts on on the Pacers this year. Oh like, my god. He, he's taking all the shots. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like Malcolm Brogdon is averaging 10 plus assists, I think. So like he's trying to distribute, but like uh, TJ Warren is the guy that is the heir apparent to Boyan because all the numbers are the same and they're feeding him that way. I think his ownership and value is going to increase a lot. Yeah, that's a great call. I like that a lot. Uh, Before we go, Natty, fave thing of the week. What do you got? Uh, I have two things. One thing is piston centric. Luke Kennard <laughs> looks absolutely incredible. He looks like he's the long distance gunner that everybody wanted him to be when Detroit drafted him. He's 19% owned right now. You should check him out if you need someone on your team. And the other one is RJ Barrett. Like he he looks like the real deal and a rookie of the year candidate. I'm very, very, everything else about the Knicks is stupid, but RJ Barrett is not. Well, good for the Knicks for getting something right. (laughs) It had to happen by accident, right? Like, yeah, they had to stumble into the correct thing. (laughs) Julius Randall is good too. Mitchell. I like, I like Julius Randall a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Mitchell Robinson, but it's also like, why do you need seven other bigs to back those guys up? I, yo, I agree that really I mean, that like that team, I have a lot of complaints and now, it, uh, and Dennis doesn't look good. Anyway, what, uh, how about you? What's your favorite thing? Favorite thing of the week. Uh, it has to be, it has to be the Raptors bringing out their throwback jerseys. Nice. Cause those things are nice. just some of the greatest basketball jerseys I think that have ever been created. They rival. I have a collection of old school, NBA jerseys and the Raptors. I have an old Tracy McGrady with the, with the old school purple Raptors. Yeah. T Mac. And I have an Allen Iverson of the old rainbow nuggets one. Oh my God. Fuck you. Really give it to me. Oh, it's so (laughs) pretty. Those Those, are two. Those are like, those are probably my two favorite retro and maybe even just like standalone NBA jerseys ever the rainbow nuggets. And then the purple massive <laughs> velociraptor uh jerseys yeah. and they looked so good on this team that a part of me is just like why not make these your everyday jersey sure yo they the three and so one good. raptors by the way they look fucking why who am i right yeah exactly exactly also, why the fuck did Denver ever stop wearing the rainbow jersey? Like, what's wrong? I don't with them? know. The the they rainbow so jerseys cool. are so gorgeous. They're so cool. What happened? I do like God. their city jerseys, though. I will say the mile high with the with sure. the kind of cross pick pickaxe. I like that look. But yeah, the, God damn that rainbow! The rainbow mountain was just so beautiful. Dude, let me ask you a question. Yes. And give me an over under of years for 
how long it takes Denver to put a marijuana leaf on the Nuggets. Like Ooh, they just wear it once. You, you know, because it's like, yo, let's support local. Let's support business. local business. <laughs> yeah, I think they have to do that. Besides, and not only are you supporting local business, you're also supporting what has to be the number one pastime for your best player in the NBA. So you think that Jokic just because I, I thought of him as a beer guy? Are, are we See, talking about Jokic or are we? You could be both. Else? Oh no, definitely talking that's about Jokic. True. You could be both. Okay. I think Jokic. I think that's how Jokic gets so visionary with his passes and seeing the full court. I think he tokes up. He tokes up pregame and then gets drunk postgame. It would be funny if he was totally straight edge, I, like which wouldn't surprise me also either. <laughs> he listens to this podcast and he's scandalized. He's like, how dare they think that I partake in the drugs? That is absolutely what Joker sounds like <laughs> for sure. I am just and nailing my impressions tonight. You really are. It's too bad that you don't have a blunt lit. So you could just like smoke it <laughs> just, afterwards. Just exhale, like, indeed. exhale into <laughs> the voice. Um, yeah, anytime I start nailing impressions, that means it's time to wrap things up. So, Oh, wait, one more thing. Sorry. Yes. I just wanted to say there is a lowest ownership emergency in the top 20 in ESPN basic player rating right now. OG Ananobi is 19% owned, speaking of the Raptors. He's a top 20 player in ESPN basic right now. Like, he should be at least 30%. What more owned. do you need to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody go out there. He gets minutes. He doesn't look fancy, but he gets you what you want. Yeah. Go get OG. Go and, Raptors. And it's the offense is him and Pascal. That's the team. You know, they're not touching. They're, they're, neither of those guys are getting traded when eventually the rebuild happens. And that's the guys that they're going to highlight. Dude, so. Yeah. And in the meantime, you have uh, Kyle Lowry and you have uh, all, Oh, Fred Van Vliet, like everybody yeah, playing out of his mind. Yeah. All these dudes know how to play with each other. And I think that's counting for a lot early on. They're doing well. They uh, the Raptors shit, man. Like speaking of people who maybe had them too low. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. You're going to look silly like when them. they are, when they're a top five. Team. And hopefully they wear their throwback jerseys God. all throughout the year. Well, just the purple. whole year. Just the whole year. Just do it. You you can do it, you guys. Uh, dinosaurs sure to, are cool. Dinosaurs are fucking dope. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you can get your podcasts. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whole nine yards. Leave us a review. Fake Teams podcast channel. That's what we are under. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well, at the Long 2 Podcast. Hit us up with your questions, your thoughts, your whatevers. We love to interact and respond to you. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Natty, until then, have a good week. Two whole weeks of games. Just think about just, all just the cool Just bask in its glory about. in all of the stats that we'll be able to talk about <laughs> and how all of these surprises that we just spent an hour talking about will be null and void. Uh, I don't know, man. I think Chris Stops is going to be one of our boyfriends all year. Yeah, baby. Give me that, Chris Stops. Yeah. Have a good week, man. Thanks.